14 ways to pray biblically. Are we ready to hear? Okay. So number one, prayer of adoration or worship or praise. It's all the same. It's what we do so much during worship. Do you know when we come to the Lord in worship, when we come to the Lord in adoration, in praise, we are praying. This is prayer. Some of you, maybe in the beginning, wondered, why do they say I love you over and over and over? Isn't once or twice enough? Why would you say that over and over? But I'll tell you, worship, this type of worship, is prayer unto him. I want you to change your mindset. When you come to worship and we are adoring him in this way, recognize we're praying. This is prayer unto him. He loves to hear your prayer. So focusing on worship, the Lord recognizes this. He, he recognizes that we are pouring out our heart to him, his majesty, our deepest love for him. Psalm 148.13 says this, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. Yes? Let them praise the name of the Lord. He, he alone, he is exalted. So when we come in this type of prayer, adoration, worship, and praise, we are adoring him. We are telling him how much we love him. Number two, prayer of thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, Psalm 107.1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his mercy, which also means his love, endures forever. His mercy, his love endures forever. His word tells us to give him thanks. His word says, give thanks unto me. Come before me in prayer and give thanks. And Philippians 4.6 says, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. Say, I'm going to be anxious for nothing anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I'm going to make sure I am thankful with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. You know that God never gets tired of hearing you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many have kids in this room, right? And for your children, when they say thank you, do you get tired of them telling you thank you? Do you get mad at them for saying, my gosh, would you stop being so thankful? Would you, st enough already. Stop being so thankful. Stop telling me thank you all the time. I don't want to hear your thank you, right? It sounds ridiculous even when I say it. But how much more? God loves to hear our thanksgiving. He loves to hear, Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And the more that you tell him that you are thankful, the more thankful you become the more thankful you become. You recognize that this world has nothing for you and it's all found in Christ. So the more that we actually press in to thanksgiving, saying, Lord, I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful, I'm so thankful for everything you do, the more thankful you become. Amen? Number three, prayer of confession. Prayer of confession. Jesus called those he interacted with to confess their sins and to sin no more, right? As, as the woman that was caught in adultery, he said in John 8, 11, where are your accusers? And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. He said, go and sin no more. So here we see the heart of Jesus. Now the, now the lady may have not confessed verbally. I mean, it doesn't say, but we do know that God sees the heart 
of confession. God sees the heart of repentance. God sees our heart of sadness. He sees what you don't say. Amen? We also know in Psalm 32, in Psalm 32, 5, it says, then I acknowledged my sin to you. So just because the woman that was caught in adultery, it doesn't say that she actually said, Lord, forgive me, but she said it with her tears. She said it in her posture. She was speaking, amen? But Psalm 32, 5 says, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin, right? Yeah, and in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. When we mess up, when we miss the mark and we come before him and we confess our sins, he is faithful. Number four, prayer of repentance. See, these different prayer prayers that I'm listing, types of prayer that I'm listing. You know, we don't do any of this in some kind of a rule or some kind of a religious fashion. We ask the Holy Spirit, how shall I pray? When you ask the Holy Spirit, how should I pray? Let me tell you, he will come and he'll direct your steps because there are times that he says, I just want you to seek my face right now. And your prayer is actually the silent, just confession, no words, just the silent confession of your heart to my heart. So this interaction, some would call it meditating or soaking prayer. So there are very, there's lots of different ways that we approach the throne of grace. Many different ways. Don't make a religion. Don't make some kind of a rule out of any of them. We should be focused on doing what? Daddy, how should I pray? Lord, what's on your heart today? How should I pray? And trust that the Holy Spirit that you are in tune with will speak to you and direct your steps. Amen? Number four, prayer of repentance. This is Acts 3.19. The word says in Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. You ever wonder why sometimes I just feel lethargic. I feel like I'm not refreshed. I feel just heavy or, you know, I just feel oppressed. Well, could it be that repentance is needed? You know, repentance is not a bad word. It's a good word. Say it's a good word. It's a good word, yes. And so when we repent, we say, Lord, I repent, which means I'm going to turn from my ways, which means I'm not going to continue to sin. I'm actually turning, turning from that action, and I'm turning to face the Lord, and I'm going to, I'm going to do the right action, right, coming in agreement with the will of God. So repent and turn to God. You see how it says it right in the scripture. Repent and therefore turn to God. This one says, be converted, right? So that your sins may be blotted out, so times of refreshing may come. You know, how many of you had some really good prayer time? You repented, you confessed of your sins, and then what happened afterwards? You came out, you felt like you were on top of the world, right? You just knew that you knew, like you've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. The Word of God washes you, right? When you read the Word and you let your spirit man just receive the Word, His Word washes you. His Word sets you free, and it sets you free every time you read the Word. It sets you free for that situation, like you've been set free if you're saved eternally. Salvation, once and for all, yes, you've been set free. But 
This is a moment by moment. Like every time you read the word, God is renewing you. He is refreshing you and he's causing you to be free, set free in him. And we know that second Chronicles 7, 7, 14. It says, if my people who are called, how many in this room are called? You're all called. You're all called. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. So important that we allow ourselves to humble ourselves. And it says, and pray. Humble ourselves and pray and seek my face. Seek his face. And turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And we've been praying this scripture for our nation, haven't we? And we've been fasting as a church body. Many of us are fasting. Many of us are praying for our church, for our nation, for our president, for the elections. We're praying for all these things. And God is going to heal our land. I know God is healing our land right now. Even when wickedness seems like it's abounding, like God's word is always the final word. Say God's word is the final word. And I believe the word of the Bible, which is the word of God, that his word is true. And when his word says, if my people, if my people, God's people would humble themselves. So how many in this room could say, I'm going to continue to say, Lord, search my heart. Lord, I humble myself. I pray and I seek your face, God. I'm turning from wicked ways. Lord, let this nation, Lord, humble themselves, pray, seek your face, and turn from wicked ways, Father God. Lord, you said you would hear from heaven, and you said, Lord God, that you would forgive us of our sins, Lord, individually and corporately, and you said you would heal our land. And we take you at your word, God. We take you at your word, which never returns unto us void. Amen. How many of you love the word of God? And how many of you love hearing the word of God? Like when you hear the word of God, when you hear yourself speak forth the word of God, doesn't it just do something to your inner man? Like when I'm speaking forth the word of God, it should just do something to your inner man. Just cause you to be alive, alive in him. It is a weapon that we have. Yes, it's a weapon of warfare, but prayer is a weapon, a vehicle to actually bring the change that this earth needs, this world needs. And because we are in communion with our, with our father, our Father who art in heaven, our Father. We are in communion with Him. And let me tell you, chains break free from those that you pray for. Because when you ask God for bread, He doesn't give you a stone. When you ask God for that miracle, you can know and you can guarantee that that miracle is on its way. Amen? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So number four was prayer of repentance. Number five is prayer of forgiveness. Sometimes you just need to forgive. You need to be forgiven and you need to forgive. Right? In Colossians 3.13, it says, bear with each other and forgive one another. And if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We are to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. We have no right to hold any unforgiveness towards somebody else, including yourself, by the way. Sometimes people don't even see their own um, forgive, unforgiveness they have towards their self. We, and if anybody in this room has unforgiveness towards themselves, today would be a great day to let that go. Today would be a great day to say, Lord, I choose to come out of agreement with that. And I choose to forgive myself because in reality, you're already forgiven by God. 
God has forgiven you. Have you asked him for forgiveness? Then you're forgiven. So you got to release yourself because the enemy will use that against you. You'll be able to, you'll be wondering, why is it that I do all these things, but I get this far and then that's it. I can't go any further. Well, is there unforgiveness towards someone else? Is there unforgiveness towards yourself? Amen. So I read to you Colossians 3.13, but Luke 17, 3 and 4, it says, watch yourselves. If your brother or your sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day. What is he saying here? That we, there's no cap. There's no cap. It's not like, well, they sinned, you know, like, you know, 480 times. So that's it. You don't have to forgive. No, it says here, even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times they come back saying, I repent. The Bible says that we must forgive. It is a privilege to forgive because we too want to be forgiven, right? When we have unforgiveness, we know that the, our prayers are blocked because communication is blocked with the Lord. Amen? Amen? Number six, prayer of intercession. Now, I realize that sometimes you'll find some of these uh, various forms of prayer, and they may be spoken a little differently, but, but it's this, you'll, you'll see... You know, and you'll get the gist of it. This is prayer of intercession. And the Bible instructs us to pray for one another and to intercede on someone else's behalf. Sometimes we intercede on our children's behalf. How many of you intercede for your family? We all intercede for our family, right? So intercession, prayer of intercession. Sometimes we intercede. Well, right now we are interceding so much for our president. We're at prayers of intercession. We're interceding. We're standing in the gap and we're praying for somebody else's needs that maybe they cannot or will not pray for themselves at this moment, right? There was a time that somebody prayed for your needs, maybe when you couldn't or didn't want to, and someone basically held your hands up, and you maybe didn't even know about it. Someone prayed you into the kingdom, maybe you didn't even know about it. Some of you may have had grandparents, praying grandparents, praying parents that prayed you into the kingdom. So now, who are you praying into the kingdom? Who are you interceding for? Some, you know, I, I, I've been praying for my grandchildren before they were even born. So we, we pray for our, our children's spouses, you know, even when they're young. We get to intercede for those that are single in this room and believe God is, has a mate for you. You pray for that person that God has for you. Pray way before, pray ahead of time. You ask God for his perfect will in your life that God would pick it, would choose it. So you can intercede for yourself, but you also are to intercede for other people. Amen. So standing in the gap, praying for another person, it can make the difference between life and death for that person. It can make the difference, especially when you have somebody that's struggling with some real serious issues, like some drugs and alcohol or suicide, some of the really, some of the death and life issues, but your prayers can actually stop the plan of the enemy from having its way. The power of prayer is so important. Intercession specifically. When you pray the word of God that you will not die, but you are going to live. How many of you know that your prayers, because you are a righteous man, availeth much? I should see every hand up right now. Every hand up right now. Because if you, the Bible says you are righteous in him. 
not of our good works, but in him, because he paid the price for us. Now, as a saint in Christ, you're righteous. And the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. That means there's going to be a lot of good that's coming forth from those prayers that are prayed according to his will. Amen? How many of you love prayer in this room? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I love prayer. Jesus is our perfect example. I love to read John 17. John 17 is powerful. It is just chock full. But Jesus is our example, and he modeled this. He modeled intercession. He prayed for others. And just before he was arrested, what, he, what is he praying? He's praying for the body. He's praying for the saints. He's praying for them that, that they would be one with him, with the Father, right? And then from the cross, did Jesus not pray again? Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. Do you know that when you are on your face before the Lord and you're saying, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. My goodness, how many, how many assignments from the enemy are so stopped right in their tracks because somebody recognized they recognized that in the kingdom there is order and there is an order when there is sin it needs to be forgiven and repented of and that's why we know when we stand for our loved ones and the parents in this room could really understand me especially if you have older children they, you can really understand what I'm saying because I'm sure you've been on your face quite a few times father forgive them they do not know what they are doing and you know that with that, because you came before the Lord, because you beckoned him, because you went before a holy God, and you asked forgiveness on behalf of somebody else, that God heard your prayer, and that what the enemy was trying to do for that individual had to stop. It had to stop. Do you understand the authority you have in prayer? Because it had to stop. Because you stood in the gap. And you said, no, Lord, they don't understand. Lord, forgive them. And the enemy said, why did they pray that? Because now there's a blockage. Now, yes, he tries other avenues. But you, being wise as a serpent, are going to continue in prayer. And you're going to continue seeking his face. And as you seek his face, he will tell you how to pray. Because we don't get into this. Well, she said there are 14 ways of prayer. So now I've got to start with number one and finish to number 14. And let me just do the whole thing. Where's that piece of paper? Can I have a copy? Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But the Holy Spirit will bring back to your mind. He will bring to remembrance the things that we need to pray and how to pray. Right? Amen. Number seven, prayer of supplication, which is also petition. Lifting up your needs, lifting up your needs, earnestly asking God to provide, earnestly asking God to do something. In Ephesians 6, 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, for all the saints. So praying earnestly with all prayer and supplication or with petition making your requests be made known to God amen you know when you make your requests be made known to him you have that confident assurance that you have prayed you've given it to him he knows it he's going to take care of it right and the more you do this and you see his hand at work in your life the more confident you get in this very thing you don't fret you don't worry number eight prayer of faith 
When we pray in faith, we know the will of God. When we pray the word, we know the will of God. James 5, 14 and 15 is where we find the term, the prayer of faith. And it's connected to healing and it's connected to forgiveness. Is any one of you, um, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Did we just not do that right now? We just did that just a few moments ago. Coming before the church, coming before the elders, being anointed with oil. It says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. The Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, it says he will be forgiven. This is the prayer of faith. Knowing that when you come, you say, Lord God, show me. I don't want to walk in sin. I don't want to walk in any way that would not please you. But I know that the prayer of faith, I'm going to be anointed with oil. And you are my healer. And what's already done, I will see it come to pass. Amen? That's the prayer of faith. And Acts 10.38, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So prayer of faith, Jesus went about doing good and healing all. What is that? Prayer of faith, believing that God is your healer. And then number nine, prayer of agreement. In Amos 3.3, it says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed, right? So there is a, there is the power of agreement. You can agree with the Holy Spirit. You can agree with the word. And if you don't have someone else to agree with, you agree with the Holy Spirit. Even when you have someone else to agree with, make sure you're agreeing with the word of God, right? Make sure you're agreeing with the word. But Matthew 18, 19, it says, again, truly, I tell you that if two, if two, and another version that says if two or three, if two are gathered on earth, if they agree on earth about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. What kind, of, what kind of peace does this give you? It should give you so much peace. There are different forms of prayer, different scripture that God says to us about prayer. And so there's the prayer of agreement. And I love the prayer of agreement. I agree. Yes, I agree with, with my fellow Christians as well. But I, I love to agree with the Holy Spirit because I know that we are two walking with one as one. How about you? Do you, do you understand the agreeing with, agreement with the Holy Spirit is, is a life that's surrendered to him? That's a daily moment-by-moment moment walk because your life is to be consecrated unto him. But God brings you people that you're, you know, one, one, oneness of mind and you can agree. Amen? But, but what does it say? Like, you should be so excited. It will be done. It says it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. It will be done. Amen? And then number 10, the prayer of the Holy Spirit or our heavenly language. Praying in tongues, another way of saying it. There are times when we just don't know how to pray. We are, we've already prayed so many different things, and we feel like we still need to keep on. Have, have you been there? Well, you've prayed, you've prayed, you've prayed, and you just feel like you need to keep on, but you don't know what else to say. You feel like you're just in the repeat mode now. And so you can press into the helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, right? And you can pray in your heavenly language. And Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know 
what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through groanings, which cannot be uttered. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. And it says, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. The Holy Spirit is interceding for you in accordance to the will of God. And so when we pray in the Spirit, and we say, Spirit of the living God, I want to pray in my, in my, my prayer language. I'm going to pray, I'm going to just let the unction of the Holy Spirit flow through me right now. And as the unction of the Holy Spirit starts to flow through you, you can know that you know that you know you're praying the will of God because we just read it. We just read it in Romans chapter 8. That's why it's so important to have your prayer language. That's why it's important that every believer press in. And if you don't have your prayer language, you press in and you ask God because he wants to give it to you. I believe every believer should have their prayer language. And so there's a different a time frame, maybe that you'll receive it. But I believe that you are all to walk in and have and exercise the, your prayer language. Because it, it is a weapon the enemy cannot even understand at all. Can't understand it at all. Confuses him totally. Amen. Number 11, prayer of continuity. In other words, a continuous flow. In other words, a lifestyle, a heart posture of constantly being in prayer. I remember when I was first saved, I thought, how in the world could you constantly be in prayer? But how many of you know the more that you walk with Jesus, the more you realize just how very real this scripture is? How to be continually in prayer. Your heart is continually connected to him. You are continually, you just know that you know that as you walk, the Holy Spirit is walking with you. That you're communing with him. And that when you're grieved, it's because he's grieved. When you're grieved, it's because he's grieved. But you steward him well. You make sure that you're taking care of this temple. Because in this temple, which is our bodies, in this temple lies the Holy Spirit. And we are spirit beings, right? And so the Holy Spirit that is within us walks with us, talks with us. And that is why when you're grieved, it's actually him being grieved. But we take care of these temples. And so we, the prayer of, of continuity, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice at all times. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing ceasing. Amen. And it says here, giving thanks in every circumstance for this is the will of God. So if you had any question, well, did God really mean to pray without ceasing? Yes. He says it's his will. Yes. He says it is his will. Amen. Number 12, spiritual warfare, the prayer of having spiritual warfare or dealing with Satan and demons. You know, putting on the full armor of God in Ephesians 6, chap, uh, chapter 6, 10 through 17, how the Bible instructs us to put on the full armor of God. We all know the armor of God. We are to put on that armor, and we have to remind ourselves sometimes when we feel, when, when there's an opposition, when something is coming against your mind, that you have the, you have the helmet of salvation, when something's coming against your heart, your emotions, that you have the breastplate of righteousness, that the belt of truth is upon your life. The belt of truth is his word. His word is truth. 
His word never returns unto you void. That you actually walk with the gospel shoes of peace. Anytime you're walking and there is no peace, you've got to realize you've stepped away from what God has actually said is rightfully yours, which is the peace of God. Anytime that you don't experience, you're not experiencing the peace of God, then you've got to realize something in your life that certainly comes from the enemy, but we've partnered with, is off kilter. And we get to get it right. We get to remember that we, ha we are to put on the gospel shoes of peace and walk in peace. Jesus said that I give you my peace. He gives, I give you my peace, right? My peace I leave with you. So if he's left it with you, shouldn't we have it? Shouldn't we walk in it, right? Amen. And we know that we have the sword of the spirit. We know we have the shield of faith and these, we know the word of God. And when that, think about the sword of the spirit. When we pray spiritual warfare prayers, you've got your sword out. You are decreeing that sword, which is a double-edged sword. That's what the word is, double-edged. It's going to cut the enemy, right? In, in one hand, it, it does damage to the kingdom of darkness, right? But to you, it heals. Like it cuts the enemy, but it heals you. It's a double-edged sword. God's sword is his word. Oh, God, help us. Help us to use your word. And in Matthew 16, 19, also Matthew 18, 18, binding and loosening. It says we have the authority to do this. You know, warfare prayers. We have the authority. Whatever you bind, say whatever I bind on earth is bound. Think of the authority that is right there. Whatever I bind, whatever you bind on earth must be bound. Whatever you loose on earth must be loose. This is why when you, as you mature in your walking, you realize the power of prayer, the power that we carry when we are in prayer, which is continuously, or it should be continuously. There is so much power in prayer. And you, you know, the enemy has no clue how powerful you are until you get a revelation of prayer, until you get a revelation of this gift called prayer that's really just communing with the one that loves you, right? Number 13, prayer of declaration. Declaring, the Bible says in Job twenty two twenty eight that you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. That as you declare it, as you decree it, as it comes out of your mouth, it just went someplace and it has power because our words are power, creative power for miracles right within you. Within each and every one of you, you carry the power to decree the truth because the word of God is truth. And as you decree it and your faith gets behind you, your authority gets behind you, your confidence gets behind that word, you can guarantee there is something shifting in the atmosphere. You can guarantee that when you get that word coming out of your mouth, that the word is going to pass because you declared it. You declared it. Now, of course, we want to declare what is of the heart of God. We want to declare the word. We also want to declare what is on your heart, God. How many of you, when you you are in prayer, you are still before him and you're in tune with him, right? Still doesn't mean asleep. Still means, still means you having this understanding that I'm so connected with the Holy Ghost that I'm listening, that I'm intertwined with him, that he has the, he's speaking to me right now. And it's going to, the word is coming forth. It's coming out because I want to declare what he has for me to declare and not something or anybody else so important. 
Because sometimes people get into declaring what they think is right or what they want, and they get into soulish prayers, and they get into witchcraft prayers, and they don't realize what they're doing. So we're, we're not going to get into soulish prayers or witchcraft prayers. We want to make sure that we either are, either are declaring the word of God or we have looked to him and said, Lord, what is the declaration you would have me speak in this situation? And then you listen and then you declare what he tells you. It's an exercise and you get to learn how to do it. And you get to do it continuously because your words carry weight. And number 14, the prayer of blessing. The prayer of blessing. When you bless somebody, do you bless people when you pray? Do you bless yourself? You should. Paul said in Philippians 1, 9, and this is my prayer. I love this prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. I pray that your love would abound more and more, more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight so that you may be able to discern, so that each and every one of you, you'll be able to discern what is best and pure and that you would be blameless before the Lord your God. That's a prayer of blessing. That is decreeing the heart of God over somebody. That is decreeing the heart of God over yourself. Mm -hmm.